The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, Chadville, you made it to Thursday. One more day to Friday. Yeah, that's it. And then it's the weekend, and you know what happens on Thursdays? Oh, my God, it's Gord Steinke. <laughs> nice to be here. Ah, nice to see your face. Yeah, it's kind of nice to get out of the newsroom for a bit. Come over and visit. Well, you have been out of the newsroom quite a bit. You've been you've been really busy lately. Yeah, it seems like I got back from holidays. And <laughs> we've been, but it's all fun stuff, all interesting. I went up last Saturday, got invited up to Amber Valley. Yeah. And this is Black History Month where we're celebrating, uh, you know, all things African-American, mm-hmm. African-Canadian. And we've got quite a settlement up there. Yeah, I, we I, do. I've been, I was up there before, and I, uh, about 13 years ago, when I was doing the Your Town segment. Yep. And I uh, was invited up last Saturday, so the cameraman Les and I went up. And uh, they had a huge uh, family day dinner and uh, just started telling stories about uh, the black settlement, the early settlers that went up there in 1906, 1907. Yeah. Over a thousand came up all at once. And uh, they were escaping the Jim Crow uh, laws, Mm -hmm. which is basically segregation and racism. And so they thought, we're just going to go as far north as we possibly can, (laughs) not thinking that the winters are the way. Yeah, for sure. That tells you how bad it was down there is Mm -hmm. what I learned. Mm -hmm. The winters, are they didn't care about the winters. They just go as far north. It was horrible. Mm. In Mississippi, they came from Alabama, um, Texas, Oklahoma. Didn't seem to matter where. In the states, get it out. was just that bad that they had to get out. There was uh, they just were not treated fairly at all. And so the family, the the ancestors, you know, yeah. uh, siblings, all and of former that. Former residents, there. yeah. Former re- Myrna Wisdom. I talked to her and uh, uh, Gil Williams. He runs the the Amber Valley Community mm-hmm. Hall up there, and they've got uh, a beautiful museum with all artifacts. You know, from the, the early pioneer days. Amber Valley is a black settlement only lasted, I guess, until the forties. Oh, okay. mm. And there's really nothing there. Now there's there's a few old homesteads, but other than that, there's no trace. It's So there's no one living in that area anymore. Well, there's so many surrounding communities, okay. but you know what's what, what's interesting? I, I mean, other than just gathering the stories from from the immigrants that came up and, and how hard it was, because they they uh, they got race. There was racist oh, yeah. comments here, mm-hmm. and. Did you know the Ku Klux Klan were, were prevalent here, mm-hmm. the KKK, the mm-hmm. Klan? So one of the stories was with, with one of these early settlers. His name was, I'll try to get the name, yeah, it was Pink Daddy Brown. <laughs> and he's on a beautiful mural that they have on the side of the Amber Valley Community Hall. And he went to town, to Athabasca, and I guess uh, for whatever reason got followed home. It's about, you know, it's a few miles east Amber Valley, so it would be, you know, I'm yeah. saying 15 to 20 miles. And he got, the Klan came after him. And who knew? And they they beat the, you know, yeah. beat him up pretty badly. He went back to Amber Valley's. What uh, Myrna was telling me this story, and she said that, and she's a former resident. She grew up and went to school and church there, and said he came back and was so hopping mad when he recovered from this beating. He wanted to take a whole bunch of guys and go back and get some revenge, <laughs> but his wife talked him out of it. So yeah. hey, 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 that's yeah, not, yeah. not a great idea. So you hear stories like that, and it kind of is a real eye opener for Canada. Then the Canadian government came in. And they they signed a, there they, there was petitions going around that said okay yeah we like the we like the fact that we have black settlers here in Alberta but enough's enough we don't want to bring any more and it kind of sounds like almost like almost today. today it really does and so the Canadian government tried to put a quota on the number of Im- black immigrants that come in could come in meanwhile I know your family and my family we're we we're from immigrant That's right. family my family homesteaded funny enough 1906 <laughs> my mom's family came over from England. And uh, homesteaded in the Tisdale area. That's why it's just the parallels are just amazing. Yeah, yeah. We're all immigrants, so all the communities around Amber Valley were German, 
or British hmm. or Swedish or Ukrainian. So they all had to work together. You know, when they when you take your your wheat to harvest to the grain elevator, you all you're all meeting. So everybody's got to get along, but there's always a few. So bad apples, I guess. So you're telling the story, and we hear stories like this during you know Black History Month, and yeah. you know oftentimes that's you know where uh, you know a lot of those stories do come from. Is there um, an organized effort from the folks who have ties to Amber Valley to keep those stories alive? Absolutely, and it, and like 13 years ago when I went up there. Um, went up there. It's like an hour and a half from here. <laughs> Sounds like I'm going to the Arctic Circle. But no, it's just what, when I visited that, they had the hall and they had a, a bit of a museum there. They were collecting stories and they put them in a wonderful book, but they've done so much and the, they've been working so hard in the last 10 to 13 years. It's now, there's a plaque out front mm. that was never there. And I think it was 2017 it went in. It's now a National Historic Site. So it's recognized right okay. across North America. These sites are dotted. These are the, the black African, you know, the, mm-hmm. the African-American settlements and, and the contributions that they made. So yeah, they've been working very, you know, very hard to, to to keep these stories alive, and also, hey, wait a minute, you know, we we contributed just as much as the mm-hmm. the Germans and the mm-hmm. and the Ukrainian settlers did, right? Mm-hmm. To to what Canada, the fabric of what Canada is today. So you spend the better part of Saturday well, there, and you put yeah. together. <laughs> what a good time to go because <laughs> yeah. there haven't there's about 150 people in the hall. And, uh, you know, some were former residents. Who mm-hmm. there. But mainly it was people from surrounding communities, from Boyle, from Athabasca, you know, from all over. And they're just, you know, they pay, I forget what it was for dinner, but dinner was incredible. Mm. And so all the money goes to the hall and also to upkeep on the museum. Yeah. And the band, they're called the Jammers. I don't <laughs> think there was one musician in the band that was under 80. Oh, really? And they were fantastic. Just, awesome. So it was a lot of did fun. Did you get up there with them? I did, actually. He had a stand-up <laughs> bass. I was no good at it. <laughs> But I pretended I could play it. <laughs> Anytime we're anywhere together, it's like you end up on, on stage, and oftentimes I end up on stage yeah, right. doing something. <laughs> Playing a tambourine. Usually a tambourine because yeah. I can't play yeah, anything exactly. else. Um, so you've done a couple of features. You've done a feature on? Right. We've got an interview coming up at 5 with uh, with Myrna. She's there. And then uh, we've got a nice feature on at uh, 6 o'clock. And we're going to talk to some of the former residents. We're going to show you how much fun we had on Saturday cool. night because there was awesome. a big, big dance going on, and it's all fundraiser to raise money for it. Very cool. You know what? I remember because we were working together when you did that you, you, that your town yeah. uh, feature. Kind of reminded that, me of that. Yeah, you did that for a long, long time, and it was a huge opportunity for you to get out um, and and Showcase. learn about this community, well, yeah. about the about the communities around uh, the province. Yeah, and that's what it really took me back to that. I mean, it was a lot of fun. There was four years. I think there was sixty one towns that I could yep. do, and then I have to get back and do the, the six o'clock. But we had a lot, it was interesting because every single, the common denominator to every one of these towns that's out there is that everybody's trying to preserve mm-hmm. and protect their history and then, and, and pass that along. That pioneer tradition along to the to a younger generation. Was that a part of what um, grew your interest in history itself, or did you have that passion uh, for history, whether it's military history, your family, that sort growing of thing, up. growing up? I don't know. I, I didn't think so because I didn't like the history classes I was taught in school. <laughs> it was boring as could be. They made the Rail Rebellion sound boring. Yeah. How do yeah. you do that? Yeah. So I just didn't even take history classes like in high school, but you know that I remember. But I think. I was always interested in the stories of my grandparents, and and I was always interested in where people came from. I've always, you know, I remember even as a kid, I'd pretend to interview relatives just to say, "Where'd you come from?" And I, so I don't know but your where bo- that came from. But then your books, your your books on the on the Rum Runners. Yeah. When did that? Did, what piqued your interest on that? Well, that was in my even when I was playing in a in a band, in a rock band days. I'd go through Moose Jaw, mm-hmm. and you'd play at the Royal Hotel. Yeah. 
and then they'd take you down and there'd be rumors back in the 70s that there were tunnels and all yeah, that. So yeah. then I, I don't know, I just got an overactive imagination and I'm interested in other people's stories, I guess. And Amber Valley is just such a, that was such an interesting, these people went through such hardships, mm-hmm. but so did your relatives, mm-hmm. so, did, so did mine. Yeah. But yet they had to deal with racism here too because they were real outsiders. But at the same time, you know, even though there was a clan here, which surprised me, mm-hmm. but that's an eye-opener, but they said it was still better version than what they had to deal with in Mississippi. Mm, wow. crazy? Yeah. I mean, and that's not, to me, that's not that long ago because I knew my grandfather. He passed away in, in the 70s and, and, he, and he was homesteading in 1906 in, you know, in the Tisdale area. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, uh, you try to make sense and fit all the puzzle pieces together and, and you find that the, the common denominators when you go into the, like a museum at Amber Valley, it looks a lot like the stuff I have in my house that I've, <laughs> or yeah, any yep. museum that you'd go to in Stetler or something, right? It's the same tobacco tins and the same mm-hmm. farm machinery, and it all just connects the, you know, everything together, and that's how they built this this country. Yeah, you know, I, last year I was in Halifax uh, for the very first time and went to Pier Twenty One. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been there um, too. Had had me yeah, again. It was my first time out there, first time going there. But that's where you know m- my grandparents and my dad came over. Mm-hmm. In, in 1949, 1950 okay. on the Aquitania. And and where'd they come from? From England. From England, yeah. From England. Um, my, my grandpa had been to Canada doing some farming and then went back and then they decided to come back. And that's what they did. They they kind of settled. Um, yeah, where did the they settle? Lindsay, Peterborough area. Oh, yeah. So area, Eastern yeah. Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my grandpa worked on, on a farm and my, my grandma raised my dad and then they went on to run a guest house for Union Carbide, the big Union carbide plant that was in Lindsay for the longest time. But um, going to Pier 21 and realizing that is where my dad walked. The very first time he set foot in Canada, that's where it was. And and I was there. It was so, it it was unexpectedly emotional. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and thank goodness there wasn't a lot of people around that day. And because you can write a little thing. Yeah, I got goosebumps just hearing this. It's so true. And why is that? It's because you feel they were so alone or it's just that you're such a connection to yourself, I guess. Well, there's that. But you think about packing up and leaving everything. Yeah. Right. Right. You're leaving all of your family over there. It was just the two of them that came over. How much can you bring with you? You know, (laughs) know. that's the thing. They arrived with a trunk. Yeah, a trunk and and off you go. Yeah. So, yeah, and went on to have a, you know, a a good life. And, you know, they went back to England every few years later on when they could afford it. Well, that's one thing I asked uh, Myrna. I said, did her grandfather live to be 100? (laughs) And he, uh, you know, he had to whack a couple people with a cane who called them (laughs) racist comments. But he did it kind of in good spirits. Don't ever call me that again. Yeah. I said, did he ever go home to Alabama or Mississippi? And I guess he did once, but he always warned the kids. He said, don't go. Don't ever cross that Mason-Dixon line. And this is right today. Jeepers. I mean, that they, they still are aware that mm-hmm. they better not. You have to, because you know, we go down there. We're all frivolous and kind of tongue Oh, yeah. We're Canadian. Yeah. We don't really take this stuff seriously until she says, you go and you actually see what's happening right now. It's terrifying. I mean, that, so it's just like we don't bother to go. We're raised as African-Canadians. So a total different mentality when you go across the border hmm. and meet our cousins down there who are African-Americans, and that's to this day. Isn't that well, the saddest thing to hear, yeah. right from the horse's mouth? Yeah. Well, interesting. It's going to be, uh, look forward to seeing that report, uh, the, the interview and, and your feature tonight oh, yeah, on, tonight. on five Global six, 5 and yeah. 6. So that's really cool. Uh, Gord Steinke, join me in studio. It's Thursday. It's our weekly chat with Gord. 
Some text coming in says, hey guys, I'm very proud to say my mom just turned 90 and was a war bride that docked at Pier 21 as well, came across Canada and settled on a farm in the Cheryl. Cherry Hill area. Oh, yeah. Very few war brides left. You're right. Um, no, they are. They're disappearing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Imagine the story she's got. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, cool comment. Gord, before my Opa died, he honored me with asking if I wanted uh, the trunk they came over with. That's wow. from uh, Daryl Tebert. Um, but yeah, number the. And Trucker Dave says, Hey, Jay. Hey, Gord. I drive by Amber Valley uh, once in a while. I've read the board on the highway, highway but it's great to hear a few stories. Yeah, you know what? It was so full of snow that uh, one of the uh, Gil, one of the organizers, you know, he came out. We went out to. I want to say I got to get a shot of this national plaque. Mm-hmm. You could see the sign on the highway, beautiful with the, all the pictures, but yeah. you couldn't see the plaque, and it, that to me was a big deal. So, we both had shovels. Where <laughs> yeah, we started there. shooting, <laughs> we had to dig that thing out of three feet of snow. I guess the snow plows went by and covered it up, but. Huh. So if you go, if you're out in the area now, we we uh, we shoveled it out. You can take a look. Marfus is wondering, uh, just wondering if the community in um, Amber Valley had or has like special food, like you know the Ukrainian folks brought, you know the Ukrainian meal, they like said, the mood that the, yep, the food it, that night. It always changes uh, for that night. With like a, that's a lot of people to feed. Yeah, they had six roasters, <laughs> and uh, uh, it'll they'll mix it up. And uh, Saturday night to make everybody hungry, they had pulled pork, mm. and they had the best Caesar salad. And they had meatballs, and you know, I was watching. They had a thing that was like three feet by two feet, a pot full of mashed potatoes, and that took some oh. muscle to to get that all mashed up. Yeah, who's Fantastic. the one that had to peel those? Yeah, really. <laughs> well, the ladies, they were all working hard, and they were doing it with a smile on their face. Oh, awesome! Well, again, really looking forward to. It. And someone is joking about, hey, you uh, played the tambourine? No, I don't play the tambourine. <laughs> I don't. I just, any time that Gord's been playing somewhere, I've seemed to have ended up on stage with yeah. the tambourine because yeah. I can't play I'm going to get you on anything the cowbell. Else. you got to play the cowbell. I could do cowbell, probably. Yeah. yeah. Can't have enough cowbell. Someone was uh, wondering, hey, are you guys going to talk about the uh, the Jesse Smollett faked attack? And they said, you know, guys, it really speaks towards the guilty until proven innocent mentality of social media these days. Everyone just jumps to support a guy who was abusing their sympathy. And, you know, you know, interesting, interesting point, right? When you talk about social media warriors and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff and, and uh, waiting to find out all the details and... That's why, you know, in all, uh, the reports that, you know, we had up until this point, it was always the alleged attack, that right, sort of stuff. Go- and some people were getting mad. They're like, no, how can you say it was alleged? He said it was, you know, how dare you question yeah. him? I said, no, because you have to, alleged is what it is until you know the facts. But exactly. this is just bizarre. Yeah, people jumped all over the story right away with their own opinions weighing uh-huh. in. And for us, it's kind of a no-brainer. All you can do is report what the police yeah. are, are doing right now. And if the police don't have any reason to believe that he was not telling the truth, you're not going to. You can't just go start speculating. Not in our business, anyway. Yeah. Social media. Yeah, you're right. It's it was strange game. when that when that happened, though. When it uh, when it came down, you know, it I don't sounded know, weird. Didn't it, it? it just sounded a yeah. little. Too contrived, almost? Yeah. And it, I turned to my husband and I said, just doesn't sound right. Yeah, I, th- I thought the same thing. I remember just saying this, every, all the, everything that's in the story just seems to, to fit too perfectly. Mm-hmm. You don't often get stories and allegations like this. That, and, and what's, what's amazing to me is, first off, you know, way to implode your career, number one, and, you know, not yeah. a bad career. But he's you going know, before start. a grand jury and mm-hmm. the accusations today, anyway, I think what I saw was right, was said... Uh, that he's being accused of trying to uh, further his career. Which, yeah. Right? So Yeah. But it's how do how do you think in this day and age that you can get away with it because there is videotape camera. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um 
And I so, you know, I always go back to, you know, the Boston Marathon bombings. Remember when, when, when that happened and we're like, oh, how did that happen and all that sort of stuff. And then when they pieced it together with Within all of the minutes, cameras like, yep. all along and they could see it. I'm like, you can't how, do you walk forget, how do you forget that you're being pretty much videotaped nonstop? Yeah, everywhere you go, there's a camera. So, yeah, you, you better have your story straight. And, and have all everything in order before you, you start making accusations. But who knows, you know, mm. this story could turn out, you know, until we hear what, what actually went on, we don't know. We're just hearing another. Yeah, so side he of has story. been indicted after turning himself yeah. into Chicago police last night. But that doesn't mean he's guilty. No, no. Uh, anyway, so we'll watch that one as we're watching a lot of things yep. uh, shaking down right now between that and what's I'm happening kidding. at Parliament Hill with Jody Wilson Raybould. Yeah. <laughs> And you got this electric car here. I've got the electric car guy coming in. in Minus 40. That's a long extension cord. I got to see how this is going to (laughs) work. Well, Kent Morrison was down. uh, They were showing it off on uh, Global Morning this morning. It's a neat little contraption. So, Uh, but anyway, yeah. yeah, Lots going on. Lots and lots going on. Uh, Gord Steinke checking in this afternoon. Uh, Andrew is back on Monday. He's in Mexico. He's he's in Mexico. He's terrorizing the people at the hotel. Is he doing okay? I haven't really been following him on social media. Oh, you haven't, eh? Yeah. Yeah, You should probably take a I'll take a look. Yeah, after I get this feature on the air yeah. tonight at 6 on, on Amber it, Valley. Also. It's called Noodlegate 2. Oh, no. He has been uh, pretty much terrorizing the folks uh, at, at the resort. Um, yeah. All these people who um, <laughs> save chairs. Didn't he do this last time? Yeah, he's, yeah. This is a bee in his bonnet. Yeah, he stepped it up a notch today. So if people put a towel or their, or their yeah. flip-flops he's on a chair. He's throwing them in the pool. He's, he, he, oh, he's, he's out of control. He'll never get invited back. You take a look at the Twitter account. I will. That's too funny. <laughs> and actually, uh, Carol ended up on a bar last night dancing. So Okay. Are there yeah, pictures? There are pictures. Oh. So there you go. Yep. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.